So let's start. So today we're going to start a new mimer, learning a very famous mimer from the book of Ranat, Tafresh Nuntes, from the Rebbe Rashab. I sent you guys copies for those people that don't have. Um, now, this is uh, essentially the third mimer in the middle of a hemshech, albeit it does uh, discuss the ideas of the hemshech specifically in the beginning and uh, in general. However, it's sort of a standalone mimer as well, you could really say. And so therefore, um, it's one that many of the Hasidim over the ages, uh, they learn this mimer, they memorize this mimer, and um, it's something that a lot of people learn and memorize uh, to think about, you know, before davening, to meditate on before davening. And so uh, it's a very, very important mimer, very special mimer. So we are going to start, uh, for those people that have the new books, we're going to start on, uh, in the new book, it's page Chav Zayin, uh, the last paragraph on the page, which starts with Ha'inyin. And for the people that have the old books or the copies that I sent out um, on the WhatsApp yesterday, it's, if you look on page Yud Tes, uh, it's the last line of the page. It starts with Ha'inyin. Okay, so that's where we are. So let's begin. So it says like this. Now, Bechlal, Ranat, I mean, this is a little bit of a, uh, a overview, um, and it's a generalization to a certain extent as well, that Ranat in the beginning is discussing the idea of Malchus, the idea of uh, why Hashem was thinking to create the world through the attribute of Gvura, if we know that Hashem is the concept of chesed, right, that we always refer to Hashem's chesed, so what is the value, essentially, of thinking about even creating the world through kvura? So we've been discussing the idea up until this point in the Hemshech about Malchus and the idea and the importance of Malchus, the importance of limitation, the importance of kvura in general. And so uh, that's where we, we, we uh, take, pick up the mimer. Hello, Zach. Good to see you this morning. Um, we are starting, I don't know if you have the new version of the book or not, or you have the old version of, or the, the copies that I sent out. What do you have? Of the new mimer that we're doing. Okay, so we're on the last line of page Yud Tess. Says like this, the concept is as follows. It's written in Shirashirim. That his left hand is under my head, and with his right hand he hugs me. Namely, watch, that through the concept of small that the left side is pushing. That somehow what we're going to bring out here is that through the concept, through the idea of the left side, and in particular the concept of what we're saying here, small daiche, that's how we're going to get to the point of roish ve'etzama neshama. Now, shehu So this is a shocking statement for most of us. Because most of us think about the idea of chesed, reaching out, and all the uh, positive um, 
ideas that are associated with chesed. And we look at this statement in a very shocking way, because here it says that really the avoda of gvura is actually a much higher level than the avoda of chesed. That's what he's saying here, that this avoda of small daicha, of the left side pushing, is actually higher than the level of the right side pulling him closer. That what's the case? That through the idea of small daicha, through the idea of the left side pushing, we'll be able to get to a point of a broken heart in my inside, and then we'll be able to reveal the panemius of the of the soul. Like it says, right? Like it says here, we are right. Lagba Omer, and we're learning a zayar. What's the zayar say? The zayar says, the Rav Mesifta that the Rosh Hashiva, ah, the losalik that a piece of wood that doesn't catch light. Right? We just had the fire yesterday. Right? Hopefully, everyone made a fire in their house. Not from their house, but in their house or outside in their backyard or something like that. So it says over there, a piece of wood that, a, that the fire does not capture, right? In other words, if you take a big log, we know that when you take the log, if you try to put a match under it or a fire under it or whatever, nothing's going to happen, right? In other words, if you, even if you put more matches and more matches and more matches, nothing's going to work. The only way to get the wood to catch fire is mevachinle, is to splinter the piece of wood. When you splinter the piece of wood, so then the little pieces of wood are able to catch fire, and therefore you're able to, in fact, uh, cause the wood to catch fire. Gufa de losalik. So now, what's the what's the nimshal? Gufa de losalik be nishmasa So a body that does not capture, does not cause there to shine, the light of the nishama, then you have to smash the body. Now, what does it mean, smash the body? Now, Tanya quotes this in Perichavtes, and it explains in many places throughout Hasidus, this does not mean that you smash the body. This does not mean that you go out and you are going to uh, you know, do all different types of fasts and sigufim and all different types of things. Now, let's, let's get that straight right from the beginning. That's not how you do it. Instead, that through working with the nefesh of Bahamias, however, and smashing the nefesh of Bahamias, that's how you're able to do it. And specifically through this, you're able to cause the light of the neshama to shine inside of yourself. So the question is going to be, so what does that mean to smash the, so to speak, to smash the nefesh of Bahamias inside of me in order that my neshama should be able to shine? So we have to, we have to look into this. Kamashal, like the, it brings up another mashal over there in Zayar, that the klipa uh, egos, mechase alapri, that the klipa, the shell of a nut, covers over the, uh, the flesh of the nut that people like to eat. That through breaking through the hard shell of the almond or the walnut or whatever nut we're talking about, you're able to reveal the fruit that's inside, namely the nut. Kachapri. So what exactly is that fruit? What is exactly is that, that um, the nut, so to speak, that we're trying to capture? So the Alter Rebbe explains in Lukutei Torah and Shir Hashirim, the Maimer over there, he says that this is the Ava Misuteris that every Jew has. 
Namely, that every Jew naturally has within himself a love for Hashem, a, a love that is a love that wants to cause the, the Jewish person to cleave to Hashem. That's the idea. That's that's where it's coming from. That that feeling of wanting Hashem, that I need Hashem, that I, that's 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 where I want to be. That is the Av of Misuteris. That is not something that is, so to speak, created, that you have to develop in inside of a Jew, because a Jew already has that naturally inside of himself. And then you have the body, and the Nefesh Bahami is concealed, they hide over this energy that a person has inside of himself. That's why it says in Shirashim also, El Ginas Egos Yerarati. That for the purpose of the garden of the nut trees, or I guess you call it the orchard or whatever, right? That's why I came down here. What does that mean that I came down here? That the descent of the neshama into the body and into the nefesh of Bahamis is like a fruit of a, of a nut. Which is, so to speak, it's concealed, it's hidden behind this hard klipa that we all have. That's what's going on here in this world. That our hard klipa is our, our bodies, our nefesh bahamias, which is constantly focused on the I, the me, the ideas of what's comfortable for me. What's, I don't want to make myself vulnerable. The ideas that I want to be comfortable in this world, begashmias, and even baruchnias. Right? That that's what drives a person. Right? Namely, through, like it says in Tehillim. Right? Like the idea of breaking this, breaking not the Nefesh Alukis, not the Ava Mishateras, but breaking through that thick barriers that we have naturally in ourselves that always wants to be focused on my selfishness. There's a very famous story that, uh, that is told about a chassid of the Rebbe Marash. That the Rebbe Marash had a chassid that, that he was a, um, it was a, it was a, it was a, considered a good person, a good, uh, you know, a, a typical, you know, a good chassid. But one time he came to the Rebbe Marash and he said, the truth is, he feels that He's a grubber person. He's a, he's a co- very coarse person. And that he feels that everything that he does really is uh, self-inclined. In other words, it's all for me. What's in it for me? What's good for me? And he's decided he really wants to change that. He really wants to uh, become a different type of person. He wants to uh, develop himself. So he asked the Rebbe Marash, what should I do? So the Rebbe Marash told him a shocking answer. He said, if that's really what you want to do, so then you have to fast 600 times straight. The Rebbe, <laughs> the, the Hasid's eyes, like, you know, jolted out on stalks, you know, like, what? 600, you know, you're talking about fast for Shabbos, fast for Yontif, fast every day. Like, how, like, what, what kind of business? So the Rebbe Marash told him, you're making a mistake. When I say fast, I don't mean to fast from food. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is that you have to spend 15 minutes a day thinking about your inner self. 
what is really behind what's driving you in life. And by thinking every single day, spending that 15 minutes thinking through that, right? That's what's going to change a person. And the Rebbe Rashab said about this, this chassid, that he was telling his story to the Friedrich Rebbe, that he should have, it would have been great if he would have been able to see this chassid. Why? Because this was a person that mamish changed his etzim, totally changed his whole being because of this avoda. 15 minutes, 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day thinking, where am I? Where am I holding? What is really driving me? What are my ups? What are my downs? What, what, is, what is my characteristics? Right? Not talking about fasting. We're not talking about not eating. We're not talking about rolling around in the snow naked. We're not talking about, uh, you know, no. It's a mind game. I don't say mind game in a loose way, but I say it in, in, in a way that it's, it's in the mind. That the mind is able to, through a person thinking about these things, a person is able to develop themselves, able to change themselves, able to really become the type of person that they want to become. Anyway, so this is what he's saying here. <clears throat> when he says, That through, when we're talking about breaking the person, like it explains in chapter Chavtes of Tanya, it doesn't mean, like we said before, like this idea of fasting. It means just assessing where am I? Where am I really holding? Where am I, where am I in, the, in the scheme of things? And where do I want to be? That's the key. In other words, looking where I am and where I want to go to. Right? So that's Shehu Bechinas Ru'usa Deliva. And it's interesting, it brings Ru'usa Deliva. We were just learning in the last Mimer the idea of Ru'usa Deliva. But this idea of the inner will of the self. This idea that a person is, is, has in himself this Ava Mr. Teres, this hidden love for Hashem, that just longs to be one with Hashem. And longs to be a person that is not a selfish, self righteous, independent, uh, you know, self-absorbed type of person. On the other hand, we all come into the world that way. We all come into the world and, and, and our lives try to push us more and more in that direction, that we should become self-absorbed, that we should become self-focused, you know, focused, that what's in it for me type of attitude. And we all have it. It's not something that it's like, oh yeah, the guy down the block, he's the guy that really has that attitude. But me, uh, I don't know. No, other Rabbah. This is us. This is who we are. That's not us, though. That's not a real us. That's the, that's the shell. Just like we have in a nut. That the nut, the objective of the, of the nut is that you don't buy a nut for its shell. You buy the nut for the fruit inside. It comes along with the shell. Same thing here. My neshama came down into this world, right? When my neshama came down into this world, right? It's, that's the real me. But it came, comes along with the shell. What's the shell? My nefesh bahami is my goof, etc. But I have to recognize what's the ikr and what's the tuffle. What's the main point? What's the secondary point? That in and out of itself is already a breaking of the shell. Because the shell wants us just to live life on automatic pilot. Just keep on going, just straight, you know, like whatever is normal, whatever feels good, whatever is, is the usual. Like that's the idea of, of what the shell wants, right? And it doesn't want you to stop and assess, where am I? What am I? What am I doing with my life? What, what's my panemius? Like this chassid, it's an amazing concept. I mean, think about it. We're talking about this story that took place 
uh, probably 150 years ago, maybe 130 years ago, something like that, for one person. So it was obviously not the norm if we have that one story from that one person. Nevertheless, that story has been passed down from generation to generation now in order to bring out a point. Like it says, So it says over there that what? Why are the Yidin compared to an olive? That what's the idea of an olive? The olive, remember, especially in the olden days, the nekuda of an olive was specifically for the olive oil that came out of it. Right? They used olive oil for everything. Not just cooking like we do nowadays, but it was also that was their their fuel for lighting up their houses. Right? That's the idea of the olive oil. The olive was used for the olive oil. Right? Nowadays, we enjoy it also with like a little bit of... (laughs) They marinate it, whatever. But the point is, is that just like the main point of the olive was to bring out the olive oil. That's what's the best of the olive. So he says, Kach Yisrael, right? That's like a yid. V'zehu, tachlis ha-kavana shel ha-smol This is the ultimate point of this avoda that we're talking about, of smol daicheh. She'eino emisi mitzad atzmo chas v'shalom. That it's not true in and of itself, by itself. The idea is that through this, there's an ultimate goal. Right? The ultimate goal is the olive oil. The ultimate goal is the, the almond nut that's inside of the shell. The ultimate goal is the av misuteris, the reusa deliva, the hidden love, the inner will of a Jew. That's the goal. That's what we're coming down here for. That's what we need to break through the boundaries in order to get to. And when we break through the boundaries to get there, that's the ultimate point of what we're doing here. And that's what he's saying. That's the idea of the small daicha. The small daicha is not an avoda in and of itself. There's a, there's a purpose to it. The purpose to it is to get beyond the boundaries. This is the idea of the revelation of the hidden love and that inner will like we've been talking about. Right? That love for, right? The way the Rebbe explained it in the last Mimer when he explained that there's a love that comes through the idea of thinking about Hashem and then there's a love that comes from just screaming out to my Father in Heaven. Just like a child screams out to his father. When a child screams out to his father, it shakes up the person and it shakes up, and it also apparently, it shakes up the father. Right? The child is the one that when the child screams out, da, you know, dad, ta, whatever, right? It, at that moment, it, it sends a, a, a shuckle in the father. But it comes not from an intellectual decision-making process that I'm thinking about my father has this mila or not this mila, this chisarn or not this chisarn. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with my uh, judgment of what kind of person my father is or is not. Why? Because the child is like the leg of the father. That's what the Torah tells us. 
right? That the child is one with the father. It's like one being. And that's why you see so many cases of people that are uh, even abusive cases of a child with a father or a mother even for that matter, but we're talking about here of a child and a father, that's the muscle that's being used, that the, the parent could be abusive with the child. Chas v'shalom, chas we shouldn't know from such things. But yet, the child still longs for that parent. As crazy as that sounds. Intellectually, it makes no sense. Nevertheless, we see it time and time again, that that's the way it works. What's the reasoning? Exactly for this. This is the point, because they're one being. So that's the re'usa deliva. That's the will, so to speak, of the heart. That's the, that's the inner Jew inside of each one of us. This idea of, I need my Father in Heaven. Who, namely, that's the Eivishter. And that's what we're trying to reveal. Yeah? So that's the idea of, Now, how do we get to this point? where we're able to call out to Hashem. So we see clearly here that something needs to shake us up. Something needs to break through the shell. Right? Like there was that, that, was that concert last night. Right? I don't know if anyone uh, spent the time watching it. Uh, the Lagba Umar concert for Hatzala. Right? So, so uh, one of the people that performed last night was... Uh, was uh, Ichimeir Helfgott, the famous, um, the famous Chazan. Right? I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Uh, unbelievable voice. So he was very sick with uh, COVID. And uh, he talks about how he, they called the Hatzalah one time, and the second time, and then finally the third time they decided to take him to the hospital. Right? And he was very, very sick. And uh, one of the things he said is that he wishes that he would be able to daven with the kavana that he, you know, every time he comes up in front of a, 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 you know, a congregation. And he is, you know, maybe the most inspiring chazan, for sure the most inspiring chazan that I've, you know, ever heard. I mean, there's some, but most people would say that. I mean, of our generation, he is probably the greatest. But he, what he said there was that he, and he does inspire all these people, but he, what he said is that halavai, that he should be able to daven to the Abishter with the Kavana, like the way he had the Kavana of davening to the Abishter when he was so, so sick like that. Because what happens is that we all fall into this status quo situation. And then when we fall into this status quo situation, so then what happens is that we just, you know, just keep on plodding along, plodding along, plodding along. But where's the real you? Where's the real me? But when, chas v'shalom, we have some sort of bitush, Right? Some sort of smashing, some sort of uh, difficult situation, some sort of challenge, then all of a sudden we're screaming out to Hashem. But we're screaming out to Hashem, not be like we're saying, Baruch, like our davening. It's, it's, it's me, it's the real me that's coming out and asking Hashem, help me with this situation, help me. I need your help. And that was his point. His point was that, that even though he davens, and he does daven, he's the most beautiful davener maybe, you know, you know alive today in terms of being a chazan, in terms of, in, and for sure, he's a frum, frum person. He has kavana. Of course he has kavana. But there's a difference between the kavana that he had when he was sitting in the hospital, apparently, and, and this is, but that's not just an expression of him. That's an expression of all of us. So he says here, 
that we don't need this bitush to come from Lamaila. We don't need this to come from Hashem. The person needs to do it to himself. The person needs to make a reckoning himself. When a person makes a reckoning himself, so then, so then, we don't, you don't, Hashem doesn't need to shake us up. Right? This COVID thing is shaking the whole world up, literally. I remember when they had, uh, uh, you guys are, probably most of you are too young for it, but when, when 9-11 happened, I remember it was early in the morning, it was by, you know, uh, you know after we were doing slichos and getting that ready for davening or whatever, but we were davening already. And all of a sudden started hearing, you know, people, it was like before everyone had phones and everything like that. But, uh, but there was like, uh, became well known very quickly that something crazy had happened. I wasn't exactly sure what, what exactly happened and whether it's true or not true. You know, it's like it was not, it was not a clear situation. But one of the things that, that was talked about at that time was that was like the, the blow of the chauffeur, right? That was during El, because it was during Slichus week right before Rosh Hashanah. And it was, like, it was like it shook up everyone, right? It just changed the world, changed everything. It changed everything for everyone. It was like a, a nonsensical situation that, that caused everyone to like stop from their normal plodding through life. It's the same thing here, obviously. This is an unusual crazy situation that we're living through this so uh, this uh, coronavirus situation and Hashem is shaking us up right so what what the, the Rebbe Rashab is saying here we don't want Hashem to be the one to do it we have to be able to spend some time thinking about it ourselves that we are the ones that could shake ourselves up that's why right that's why it says in in the Gemara, right in the uh, beginning of uh, of the fifth chapter of Brachas, that we don't stand up to daven What does that mean? This is an idea that Rashi teaches out. What does it mean? So he says a level of right, which means a self uh, subjugation, uh, so to speak, a lowliness. That through this, we'll be able to come to a much higher level in terms of reaching to a higher level with our davening. That we're able to break through that shell that's, that's our, our, you know, covering over us. And that shell that's covering over us, that's wanting to, us to just feel like, just plot along, plot along, plot along, status quo, status quo, status quo. That we don't want that. We want the real me to come out. And the real me to come out, we don't want a bitush from Hashem. We don't need to, God forbid, anyone should have to send to the hospital or get sick or anything like that. That I could recognize, I could do the 600 fasts myself, like the Rebbe Maharash told me to do. Right? That's the idea. That I could do it myself, and then through that, we're able to live a much more enriched, real life. Not a life of just superficial 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 so this is the beginning of this mimer and then what 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 we're going to do here is we're going to break off into a whole meditation where he's going to explain the uh the creation and all the creations how it works and then we're going to come back to uh this idea and basically he's splitting it up he's going to split it up and we're going to see the different approaches of 
these uh, meditations. Okay, Beseder, so we'll stop here. And uh, I don't know how late the Febrengen will go. Um,